Grace, I've just seen your father. I, uh... Did you know he was coming back? Mum, he can come back if he wants to. Oh, no, no. Are you aware of the allegations against him? Years ago, I was wrongly accused. It's being called New Zealand's best TV drama in years, the thriller after the party. Get out of the car! you got to believe me. I do believe you. A lot of women... It received more than $4 million in public funding and it's eligible for a 40% rebate on spending. But there are high hopes it will get that back and more from overseas sales. But what is the future for shows like this that use local talent, local resources and need local funding? If it became that our screen industry was basically just that we were a serving post for international production shooting here, I think that would be a big cultural loss. You know, losing the New Zealand voice, New Zealand stories, New Zealand humour. At a time where society is quite divided, I think you really need all of that. That's Irene Gardner, president of the Screen Producers Guild, SPADA. And she's putting out the warning ahead of the Guild's annual conference in Wellington tomorrow with a message to the incoming government. Do something about it or this $3 billion industry will shrivel up. And she's not the only one. Here's Duncan Grieve from the spin-off. This is a very present problem and it's going to arrive in front of the, the incoming ministers and they will have to decide, are they just going to let the local industry sort of decay or are they going to make an intervention? I'm Sharon Brett Kelly and today on The Detail, the film and TV industry joins the queue for more money from the new government. Top of the list, a 5% levy on international streamers like Netflix. So how bad is it? Well, Irene's response might surprise you. It's been quite a challenging year for the New Zealand screen industry, but there's also been good things. I mean, the good thing at the moment is because we've had a few years now of the New Zealand screen production rebate, and because during COVID we had a, a specific initiative the premium fund that NZ On Air and the NZFC uh, in, administered together, which was basically a an initiative to try and get us doing more international series drama, feature films, more co-pros, just getting out into the world a bit more. And the fruits of that initiative are coming through at the moment, combined with a few years, as I say, of having the rebate. And so it's probably the best time ever in terms of getting New Zealand shows screening around the world, selling around the world, or co-pros, you know, co-productions going around the world. Some examples? Uh, After the Party, which has start, just started on TVNZ and which I just noticed has been listed as one of the top shows to watch out for at MIPCOM, the market, so that's great. Far North, The Gone, which was an Irish New Zealand co-production that did very well. There's a few other series still coming through. Mystic, the Young People series about a girl and her horse. That's gone all around the world. Let's just pause Irene there and explain some of these acronyms she's talking about. MIPCOM is the international market of communications programmes, basically a trade show on in Cannes every year. NZFC is the New Zealand Film Commission, a key funding agency alongside NZ On Air and Te Mangai Paho. So that's the funding. 
What about the sales? Well, as Irene says, there are lots of wins for our homegrown dramas overseas at home. It's been pretty tough. Um, Obviously, the writer's strike in Hollywood has almost completely wiped out international production, which is the bit of our industry that's the bit that pumps the money into New Zealand. And we need both. International feeds local, local feeds international. And then in terms of domestic production... It's been a tough year because the economy is hard and therefore ad revenue is down. Uh, And that is compounded by the ongoing impact that the international streaming platforms are having on local audiences and therefore local advertising revenue. At the more public media end of it, we're very lucky in that, you know, successive governments have supported the Film Commission, NZONIA and Tamangai Pao. So, you know, that support is still there. In an ideal world, we'd have a little more money at those funding agencies. To be fair... It's never easy in New Zealand because we're a small territory, so we're a small population, so we're a small potential audience, and there's never really quite enough money to do all the things we'd like to do. And when we talk about content, what are you talking about here in terms of your members? They're working on, what, drama, factual? Yeah, lots of feature film producers, lots of drama producers, factual, big production companies, small production companies. Yeah, it's, it's broad. Here's a breakdown of the 200 odd million dollars the screen sector gets in public funding. Roughly 120 million from NZ on Air, 26 million from the New Zealand Film Commission, 30 million from Te Mangai Paho. There's also the New Zealand Screen Production Rebate, which offers a 20% rebate to international productions and 40% to New Zealand made productions. It has remained fairly static for a while, uh, particularly NZ on air, and that's the area where a little bit more investment at the moment could really help, especially, um, it's a little complicated to explain, but in a recent review of the screen production rebate, one of the good things that happened was that uh, you can now use the rebate with New Zealand on air funded productions, which you didn't used to be able to do. So that's opened things out a little bit in terms of getting more of those um, co-production shows with some international money happening. And if there was a little bit of an injection in there at the moment, it could potentially supercharge that area. That is the area that could get us a bit of um, export dollar and New Zealand intellectual property. How does it actually work? Can you explain to me, like, for example, after the party, would that have got NZ on air funding? After the party was one of the initiatives from the special premium fund, which was a pandemic initiative. And it was a combination of Film Commission funding, NZ on air funding, and some international money. Film Commission funding, but it's not a film. It's a No, and that was what was unusual about the premium fund, was that it moved the Film Commission into um, television drama. That was a particular uh, initiative. Yes, and a project that benefited from that COVID yeah, period. Yeah, it was a time when, you know, anything that could be economic stimulus across, mm. any, or across all industries was happening, and that was one for the screen industry. And it worked really well, and it would be great to do a second run of that if that were possible at some time, because I think we could... I think when you see the shows coming through and how strong they are, 
uh, and there's still a few to come through, I think that will actually be like, ooh, should we do a bit more of that? Is this where you go to the new government and say, this is working, could you please put more money into this area? Well, potentially, yes. Our big lobbying point for the incoming government, which we're going to launch at Sparta Conference, is going to be regulating the international television streaming platforms so that they are levied, a small percentage levy on their New Zealand revenue and that is then directed back into our industry via our funding agencies. That's going to be our big lobbying point because that is getting in new money. It's not asking for any government money, it's asking them to do a little bit of regulation work for us to get in some money. So right now you're targeting the international streaming companies. Yes, at conference we're going to launch a new campaign called Love Local. And Love Local is kind of twofold. It's got a soft side of it, which is basically just celebrating all the successes we've had over the past year. But it's got a harder edge to it, which is that it's going to be whatever we need to be lobbying government for. And yeah, our key things are going to be levying the streamers, keeping our funding agencies securely funded, and keeping the screen production rebate as competitive as we can. What's, what sort of impact are the streamers having? It's pretty devastating, really. I mean, they have taken out an enormous amount of New Zealand viewership. You know, the this, this sort of viewership that our networks used to have is just massively altered by the presence of the streamers. So that then means ad revenue is massively down. Mm. And that's money that used to get ploughed back into local production, you know, the more commercial end of local production, the end that isn't funded by the funding agencies, which are more focused on the public media end of things. So it's been incredibly tough, and you see that with what's happening with our big networks, um, TVNZ and 3, you know, that there's cutbacks, there's less local commissioning, less local production. They're trying their hardest to keep it going because it's important and New Zealanders like it and, you know, it's a point of difference. But it is tough. It's tough internationally. This is a global issue. Mm. The spin-off's Duncan Grieve has been writing about the industry's calls for a levy on the streamers for some time. He thinks the 5% isn't enough and government intervention is urgent. You have to kind of look at what the the sort of function of of screen content is and it it has a number of them there is an economic development argument which is part of what Sparta will be making but there's also a sense of having our our own distinct local culture and, and language and that's one of the things that television sort of provided um you know in in the previous era when we go to netflix it's actually shocking how little New Zealand content there is on Netflix. If they wanted to just sort of try and make this problem go away, they could have commissioned a few shows or bought a, bought some libraries of local content. But when I looked recently, there were a total of seven New Zealand productions out of a library of thousands. And, you know, if you think about as audiences transfer from you know, TVNZ or, or three to, to Netflix, they go from a place where they'll see a huge amount of local content and news to, to a place where they'll see almost none. And so 
the the government, if it wants to maintain that beneficial kind of cultural halo that that sat with the local platforms, having some sort of mechanism to force them to participate in the local production sector feels inevitable to me. It's not even a lot of money that Irene Gardner and Sparta are talking about. I mean, 5%, it would end up between... 20 and $30 million a year. And this is across the board. It's not even just for Netflix. Yeah, I think that's that. it is hard to know because often these services uh, don't break out their local revenues. They, do, they don't pay a lot of local tax, so it's hard to get a, a real firm sense on the, the scale of their local businesses. Or in the case of Apple and Amazon, they're actually part of much larger streaming you know, revenues as a percentage of their overall global revenues, typically. So it's very hard to know how much money is going out. But I personally think that that Sparta has probably opened with a, a bid that is a bit small, because this isn't a levy in the sense of it's just taking money and putting it into general taxation or or distributing it through New Zealand on air, for example. This is essentially asking for them to spend some of what they're already spending on content you know Netflix is spending you know more than 20 billion New Zealand dollars on on content every year spending some of it in the place where it generates that revenue so I think they could have gone in hotter gone in with sort of 10 percent knowing that this is invariably going to be a negotiation and your number will likely come down I just don't see that five percent is ever going to generate significant enough revenue for a sector that is you know, currently it's New Zealand and air pro- proportion is over a hundred million dollars, and its overall scale is is you know depending on how you measure it uh, in the billions. Its dependence on um, public money at the moment is is really high. It really needs the government support on it. Yeah, I mean, if you go back to the the foundation of New Zealand on air, the, our market was too small to naturally provide some forms of you know culture and entertainment uh tv drama documentaries comedy those are still forms which are broadly very popular with the public uh and that netflix makes and shows a lot of but it just doesn't commission any of them here so if we want to have comedy drama and documentary that that help us understand ourselves in different ways as a country then we need a mechanism to to sort of fund that because at 5 million people, you can't really commercially fund it. New Zealand On Air does it reasonably well, given the constraints it operates under for New Zealand-based platforms. But the biggest platforms are YouTube and Netflix. Netflix is the most TV-like of those. Have you ever had any contact with any of the streamers? I'm just wondering how easy it is to even get a meeting or any kind of person to talk to? I've had no meaningful contact with any of the streamers. You know, I get sent their press releases typically, and I'm sure I could interact with their PR reps through that channel. But I should contrast that with, you know, I've spent days uh, meeting with and uh, in conversation with, and I have senior contacts at Google, uh, at Meta, you know, the, the... those kind of platforms are much more accessible to New Zealand, certainly from my perspective, than the the, the streamers, which 
absolutely want our eyes and want our credit cards, but are almost deliberately small and and hard to access uh, for you know from a you know an industry perspective. I feel this industry really needs the government to get involved here. I mean, the government needs to ask itself some big questions about technology much more broadly than this. You know, it it needs to look at what the country looked like in, say, the year 2000 and what it looks like now and what, you know, that, that very well-established drift might look like in five or, or ten years because we can see what the trends are and ask which of the things which are sort of decaying uh, are meaningful. You know, is it a problem that we're losing journalism? Is it a problem that we're losing locally produced drama, locally produced uh, video news, locally produced comedy and documentary? And if the answer is yes, then it needs to figure out a way of solving those two things. And the companies, they're their revenues are locally either in the hundreds of millions or the billions of dollars. You can see that well, ultimately when they land in their parent companies, they're either typically very profitable or in Netflix case, they're spending enormous amounts on content. And all you're really saying is you've got to leave some share of that here. They typically don't pay income tax. And, and that's a sort of separate discussion, which is also in progress. But it's fairly clear now that there is a case for some form of levy or regulatory intervention which allows for a small country like New Zealand to be seen and recognised and have its local institutions protected even as audience behaviour sort of moves to an increasingly very small number of platforms. And what's your sense, Duncan, about the future for our local TV and film production industry? Well, it really does depend on how the government responds to this kind of a campaign. The previous government, it wasn't unaware of these trends and it's not like it, it didn't try. You know, the, there was the Public Interest Journalism Fund, there was the attempted merger of RNZ and TVNZ and you know, during COVID, there was Te Puna Kairangi, which was a jointly administered fund between the Film Commission and New Zealand On Air, which aimed to produce sort of ultra premium uh, film and television productions. And that's where After the Party came from. And, you know, is generally speaking why that is an exceptional piece of television that sort of feels a level above from what we typically produce. But all of the interventions had the air of being patches and not being something that was going to fundamentally solve for the, the issues that the industry faces and will continue to face. And unless the incoming government goes that layer deeper and looks at what the structural issues facing the industry are and decides that they matter, then they are just going to preside over a continuing sort of shrinking, breaking, disappearing of film, of television, of news and these related media industries. 
lots of different territories are trying lots of different things in terms of regulation of the streamers. Some are trying to do a local content quota, some are trying to do a levy, some are trying to do a mixture of both. And so we're we're perhaps a little late in getting going, so I think we need to get going, get the work done, because it's, it's going to take a bit of work to work out what is achievable and is it achievable and how do you, how do we best do it? We are suggesting a 5% levy. There may be a different way of doing this. Inevitably, you know, these are big businesses we're talking about and they'll push back and, you know, of course they will. Mm. But I guess my argument to that would be it is not actually in their interests to hurt local production globally because they need content. So... They are a part of the screen ecosystem. They are a part of the New Zealand screen ecosystem. And so this is kind of a campaign, you know, to ask them to play fair, really, within that. But, uh, yeah, but isn't it tricky because they are part of the ecosystem, because they are commissioning work here as well, aren't they? Very little, unfortunately, the big ones. Um, The big ones are Netflix, Disney, Apple and Amazon. And yes, they have bought the odd New Zealand show and yes, they have commissioned the odd New Zealand show, but not very many. Uh, And they take a lot of our audience and give very little back. And so this is a way of addressing that. If these things aren't sorted, if the government doesn't get its act together or the streamers, you know, just absolutely resist any kind of imposition of a levy or a quota and there's, there is no extra money coming through these funding agencies, what's the outlook? I'm hopeful that this government will try the streamers thing because, you know, this is a, this is a business-focused government, that's a business initiative. If they get to a point where they realise it's just not going to be something they can do regulation-wise, I would be prepared to have a go at approaching the streamers and trying to see if they would do anything on a voluntary, you know, just commission more New Zealand content in a sort of a good corporate citizen way. People in my industry laugh at me when I say that and say I am far too optimistic, but I am the eternal optimist and I would give that a go. You'd do it yourself, you mean? Well, Sparta would. Sparta, Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I would front it, but yeah, it would be Sparta and the rest of the industry. So... I don't know how strongly New Zealanders feel about this. I think they probably do feel quite strongly. I think if it became that our screen industry was basically just that we were a serving post for international production shooting here, I think that would be a big cultural loss. You know, losing the New Zealand voice, New Zealand stories, New Zealand humour. At a time where society is quite divided, I think you really need all of that. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders. Our producers are Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Irene Gardner and Duncan Grieve. Mā te wā.